Well, listen, I'd love to get our listeners to interact with us more. Yeah, I would really like my listeners to do th- our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth comes out. It really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> uh, you can call us one six. One nine six six three seven three three six probably. Uh, we got an email address. Seven three three six. Maybe you said that. One six one nine six six three seven three three six. Killed it. Probably that last one. That's what I would go with. <laughs> try those. Try those. Um, Acceptable Comics Place podcast, episode 72, Bellingham, Washington, the Northwest's premier comic book podcast, uh, where every Tuesday we get a bunch of books, sort them, pull them all aside, uh, go home very excitedly and read the ones that piqued our interest the absolute most. Read the shit We read the shit out of these books. Um, and we come back, we sell them, and then we gather up here in this very, very precious uh, workspace, a liminal space, really, behind uh, between uh, our reality and the, the collective unconsciousness that True. we all draw creativity from. Behind and between. In, exactly. It's, all, it's everything. It's liminal. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about a handful of books. Excitedly, first of which is going to be Oblivion Song, number one. Also, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, 797. And Dodge City, number one. Uh, Superman, number 42. Prism Stalkers, number one. Batman, 42. Gideon Falls, number one. And a bunch of spoilers. Spoilers. Because we talk about spoilers on this podcast. Let's talk about spoilers. We don't, we don't, we don't. Talk I mean, about the books. We talk about the spoilers. Yeah. That's all we talk about. So, <laughs> if you look, yeah. Why don't we have a podcast just called Spoilers? And like once a day, we release a new episode that says Harry Potter was, uh, you know, never mind. I was, I was hoping it was going to be a Stephanie Brown podcast, but that's oh. Stephanie Brown cast. Ooh. I'm Jeff Figley, and I recently had to start learning about speculating on books. I'm Django, and I recently had to learn about uh, haikus and how to write them on time. Oh, <laughs> he's got a good one this week. I got it, dude. You have no idea. I took a week off to, to write better haikus. Oh, God. I'm Roman, and I had to you know, finally start learning about comic books and give these things a shot. <laughs> how, how is it going? <laughs> they're they're, they're kind of good. I like them. <laughs> Some of them. Some yeah. of them, for yeah. sure. Gosh, I'm glad you finally, uh, finally cracked. I, yeah, I had to. Uh, I'm Brayden, and I didn't learn a goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, get right, into it. Here, yeah, here's the crack thing. the bubble. Here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, we y'all. always let Brayden go last. I know. I was literally about to bring it. He gets to bring up the anchor, man. <laughs> yeah. I just got to say something, and then you guys get to react to it, you lucky Jones. And he's got, like, twice as long to think yeah. about it. Uh-huh. He's got, like... This isn't fair. Listen, I sit in this chair for a very specific <laughs> reason. I see my whole thing is just I've just got to move it along to Braden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he's you're my uh, you're my alley oop. I'm just, just saying yeah. he's, he's the funniest and the means. fastest already. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> this is like like only letting Michael Jordan play with shoes and that's taking the why, shoes off everybody else. That's why Braden and I work well together because I just say a lot of stuff with very little filter. It's like taking a bunch of little chunks of snow and rolling them down the hill and most of them don't make it but some make it down and they're giant snowballs at that point when Braden has constructed snowmen out of them. That makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I follow that. Okay, thanks. I think. Hey, listen. Um, I just want to take a real quick tangent Braden, you brought in a little treat for us today. Uh, yeah, I did. It's a uh, it's a certified uh, net weight twelve point two fifty ounces uh, box of Reptar cereal. Oh, I've never eaten Reptar cereal. Me neither. Neither have I. I none of neither us have. I. But no. this is straight Whoa. from the Rugrats land of reality. I'm sure I've dreamed about eating it. But oh yeah. I feel like in the cartoon show it turned the milk green or something. Or yeah. Turned, maybe Reptar bars. Oh gosh, bars I hope it does. Can uh, we can, can we talk about another podcast name? Well, we got to talk about the burgeoning serial cast that the Perfectly Lizardable <laughs> podcast is giving birth to. Serial spoilers. S- mm. Okay, sm- spilt milk. Oh. Spilt milk, spoiled milk. Spl- can we name our podcast like it's a band and it can be Spilt Milk and the Serial Spoilers? I played bass for them in high school. <laughs> oh, man. Can we do be- like some band pictures for it? Oh, God. I always, I always wanted leather. to be in a rock band like photo All shoot. leather. We have whips. to get a band picture for the podcast. <laughs> it's official. We have to try and rep our cereal. But isn't that a, like a collector's item? Do we dare open it? Well, they had a bunch there at the mall. Oh, okay. And also, if you're not going to eat your Reptar cereal, what are you doing? I, yeah. I don't know. Um, for those of you listening at home, I'm tearing the cardboard now. For you speculators out there, this uh, box of cereal just went way down in price. <laughs> Guys, we're going to talk about a couple books, or at least one book, that the, 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 the profit margin, the profit comic book profiteering market exploded with this week. And Kaboom. now we had to make a new rule about only being able to sell one book to one person at a time. Because come on, guys, you got to make sure other people can read the books. That's this a me getting noisy bag. Yeah, like I'm it. really getting it in oh. there. Oh. How's it smell? Does it smell like wow, green milk? Wow, it smells like dinosaur. Dinosaur oh. parts? It smells like reptile looks. And it sure does look, look like Fruit Loops. <laughs> Certainly has a lot of overlap with Fruit Loops in a lot of ways. They're a little smaller than Fruit Loops. Not quite. The as Loops big. are a little yeah. smaller. Yeah, they're a little not as thick. It smells all right. Can you not smell it so disgusting? That was very disgusting. <laughs> smell how I want, boys. I really kind of in our previous podcast here. Sorry, I didn't mean to take the first. No, no, no. You, I, I got, a, I got it for you. Oh. Listen, Jeff. Why don't you pour it into Braden's mouth? I've been really open about the amount of dry cereal fists I've been taking. Um, you, sh- you should try some of those loops on a, on a vinegar chip. I will not ever do that. <laughs> Gosh. I'm not a scared. <laughs> I'll do it. That was a good rubber ass reference. <laughs> Mine? Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to place an unmarked glass of Pepsi and Coca-Cola next to each other, I would be able to tell you which one was Pepsi. Because I believe it is a far <clears throat> superior and different product than Coca-Cola. I think the taste is certainly different, yes. This, I don't think I would be able to distinguish from Fruit Loops. <laughs> <laughs> cool, because I used to love Fruit Loops. Was my favorite cereal as a kid. This is bomb shit, guys, because it's Fruit Loops times ten with a Dino on it. That's nearly oh indistinguishable. <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you guys something. Any highly colored fruit cereal is nearly indistinguishable from Fruit Loops. I don't think Arthur I've ever had Fruit Loops. Have you followed your nose for even a, a minute? Man, I, I don't know, know what I, sound I, I just made. But it was, 
<laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think these are actually a little less sugary than fruit loops. I would have Yeah, now that I've gotten a bit of an aftertaste, yeah. yeah. The fruit really sings. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> mmm. Would Just, that go with apple juice pretty well, Jago, since I know you don't milk your your, your dry rub? You know what it tastes like to me. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? <laughs> I want to hear you say milk your dry rub again. <laughs> well, you have to listen to this week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get, that, get that extra view. Uh, I, I, it tastes like vitamins. It tastes like... Um, like Flintstones vitamins to me. I could see that. It's got monster flavor in every mm. bite. Wow. Brayden, this is great. And you guys really inspired me to just take even more. I, I, I take fists of dry cereal, but I, oh, yeah. I've been just doing it more lately. It's after hearing you. that my boys here consume almost half their cereal in dry fists. Yeah. Um, okay, cereal. so we listed the comics we're going to talk about, but we spent half the podcast talking about cereal. Oh, yeah, none of this has actually been recording. Oh, well. I didn't mean that. Okay, this is my last bite. Really? Things moving. Why am I not burping and making making my normal noises? We missed some good (laughs) jokes there, though. I was going to do a Romtar joke. Mm. And that was the joke. Wow. The name. Brayden, thanks so much. I'm Romtar, and I eat cereal. (laughs) I am Reptar. Reptar, Reptar. Oh, no, I like the vinegar chips better. Uh... Listen, speaking of cereal from an alternate dimension, have you guys read Oblivion's Oblivion song? song? Yeah, nah, good that segue. was bad. Good that segue. was bad. Let's, no. let's uh, <laughs> uh, strike that. Uh, um, you know, man, that cereal was really out of this world. <laughs> oh, I, I got one. I got okay. one. Okay. You know who else is famous for cereals? Robert Kirkman. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Zap, pow, biff, bang, boom. Okay. Oblivion Song by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici. Um, so this is Robert Kirkman's new joint, mm-hmm. which is, so he just ended with Invincible, and now he's got this new thing coming out, and gosh, they sent us this paperback of this um, like a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and Django took it home and read it, and then Braden took it home and read it, and by that time, we had had it for like a week and a half, and if something is around me for a week and a half, I just sort of don't. If like, I haven't engaged with it in a week and a half, I, it's, I probably won't. We rubbed all the new off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it felt like I was just kind of just reaching into the back for like a big old dust <laughs> dust rub or something. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> I like how you start talking and don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. I definitely don't. It probably sounds really pretentious a lot of the time, but I'm just trying to get my stuff out. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> You guys, I really liked this. <laughs> oh, um, yeah? I think even just from like the second page, I was like, man, this art is like really smooth. Mm-hmm. There's like a smoothness. It's there's qualities of the art that really remind me of Invincible. Um, and yeah. I really like Robert Kirkman. And I think that on the one hand, it's really nice that he writes these really long running series. So you can be deeply invested in them. But I really like his new concepts and that he kind of just will throw random insane stuff kind of out of nowhere. I I never feel that safe reading a Robert Kirkman book. Um, So yeah, I was really happy that we have a new one out. Yeah. I I didn't think it scratched that invincible itch quite the same way, but now that you mentioned the art being kind of similar, I I do get that vibe. And And the faces are kind of invincible. Yeah. I, uh, 
I just, I just now, while you guys were talking, flipped through it to see where the first chapter ends. Yeah, I, need to, I read I need it as one too. big old meaty chunk of five issues. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a very different experience than mm-hmm. reading one of his books <laughs> one at a time. Yeah. Um, what do I know that you don't? And Let's I see. thought, I was yeah. like, I'm consciously going to read them in issues now just to yeah. compare our experience with it. I, I like the thing as a whole. I felt like after those five issues, I still wasn't sure why we were doing this. What, like, why are we on this ride? Why do I care? He has a pretty sincere write-up at the end. and I haven't read that, yeah. And he says, like, if you think you know where this is going, like, by issue 30, we're going to be in a completely different spot, and it's going to get there really naturally. Nice. But I guess that that's mostly what I'm interested in, is I like the characters enough, and I like the art enough, for sure. Like, it's... It could be a little bit more detailed, but it also, like, it... It's very smooth. It's quick and enough for at least thirty more issues. I I could do I could do a lot of it. His pacing is really good. Like Robert yeah. Kirkman's work never feels like a chore to read. His, yeah, no. He's just always very quick. When I took the trade home and started flipping through it, I I didn't want to stop. I just read the whole thing. Like yeah, sitting. yeah. It was quick, quick, like like you were reading a, a long issue, kind of. Yeah. And, and this is a long issue. Number one is it feels like maybe. 34 pages or something. Not even five bucks, either. Yeah. But he does stuff like, at the beginning, basically we have this guy who goes to another dimension to try and rescue people stuck in this other dimension because some kind of apocalyptic event happened. This dimension that, like, appeared on one city yeah. in America, like, and it's all, like, quarantined off and to go through these weird teleportation scheme to get there. But instead of, like, telling us that, he's able to tell story in a really interesting way. Like, the two people that he rescues come back and they've kind of like lost their mind and and they're talking about that and he's like well they've been you know they were there for 10 years and like he says that instead of saying it's been 10 years since this event happened yeah like he can hide Mm -hmm. exposition in dialogue and he he just does several things like that in here like he's just he's very good at the medium and and packing storytelling into a a really fluid fluid way i like that aspect of his writing sometimes in his other books i feel like the characters wear their feelings on their sleeve a little too much, and mm-hmm. they'll just like, hey, let's sit down and talk about how I feel about the last 30 issues of the comic book you're reading. And I'm used to it. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It just stands out as kind of a uniquely Robert Kirkman thing that would be a just a total shit show if someone else tried it. Yeah, we'll have to look for how that comes up in here. Because, yeah, he yeah. does – I mean, he does such long stuff <clears throat> that it he does – Need to summarize a lot of it as well. Maybe think that, like, that thought bubbles are not used in comics much anymore. No. Right? So if a character is going to give you their inner monologue, it's going to be in square boxes. Or journal entries. Or journal yeah. entries or just like floating text. And there's not, like, I can't think of the last time I saw a thought bubble in a comic that wasn't kind of a joke. Yeah, that's true. The big two do a lot. What's up? Big two do them a lot. Those are word balloons. What'd you say? Thought bubbles. <laughs> oh. Like like the rounded Never ones. Never mind. The rounded <laughs> ones with bubbles coming up. Like Oh right, right. I don't know. But no, I, I just hadn't I hadn't really thought about that in a while. Do you think they're just not in vogue anymore? Yeah, I they think I think they're kind of a clumsy way of doing it. But it's, it's like also... in the nineties, like those old older movies where like you hear people doing inner monologues and it just yeah. sounds really dumb. It jumps out as uh, something that is stealing from Fight Club. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that it's a, a useful tool that comics have that most other media doesn't, but they're not being used much anymore. 
I bet we'll get a resurgence of it. I feel like it seems like an attempt to sort of hide who you are. Like, no, like, we're comics. They used to do that. You know, we can overcome this gimmicky thing. But it's like, we love comics. Bring them back. I think a lot of Thought Bubbles, like, you can kind of convey or let the artist convey. Yeah. Like, you could have a Thought Bubble here, like, saying, like, damn or something. Like, oh, man, this sucks. But, like, you can see all that in his face. Uh, Okay, I'm going to remix some comic books. I'm going to take popular comics and I'm going to add thought bubbles to as many panels as I can get away with. Okay. And you're going to take old comics and remove thought bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to be way better and mine's going to be way worse. Mm -hmm. You know, you could replace things like instead of Deadly Class, it would be Introspective Class. Yeah. Or just do some clever things with titles and make Uh them all. I'm so sad that she doesn't want me. I like still it conveys that pretty well. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I give Olivia song number one an 8.5. Ooh. I I really like it. I don't know. I think mostly I'm just excited to have a book where he's saying, like, you probably, I, cool if you think you know where this is going. Probably not. Like, I just, I love checking in with all of his series because they're always going in sort of interesting directions. So I'm glad that there's another one, and I, I hope it surprises me. I'm going to give this issue a 7.5. I'm going to give the first five that I've already read probably an eight. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in for the ride. Definitely more than I was with Outcast, which I dropped off of about a trade and a half in. Yeah, and bummer. just don't really care. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if we have more than eight subscribers for it at this I point. I think we have eight subscribers. Like, I don't know, I don't know how Kirkman did a book that didn't, didn't hit, but this this one seems like a lot more of a. I think that that problem with Outcast maybe is that it doesn't have a really unique voice. Yeah. Like it it feels kind of just like an exorcism story. Like mm-hmm. I think that there's a sort of unique pitchable I like thing to each of his other series, and that one doesn't really have that. Yeah. I I didn't reread this issue since I read it in the trade, but I'm I'm sure I liked it as much as I like the other ones. I'd give it an eight. Uh, the series in eight, I, I'm a little worried that by the time I start reading it again, we'll be on issue six or whatever, yeah. wherever the trade leaves off. I'm worried I'm going to lose interest by then. But yeah, it's weird to read the first trade, not only like before the second trade comes out, but before the first trade is even going to come out. So it's going to yeah. be a while before I'm caught up. I really like that they sent it to us. Yeah, that was and, really like, cool. We would have ordered way fewer and wouldn't have been as excited about it when it did come out mm-hmm. if uh, if they hadn't given us that opportunity. Roman, were you able to finish this before we started? <clears throat> I didn't read it. Okay. <clears throat> I, I, got, I think I got about right to the point Jeff mentioned where uh, they pop back to wherever reality they're from, and he mentions that he was they were over there for 10 years. Yeah. it's, a, it's a, I think it's a really... Interesting take on the kind of post-apocalypse vibe. Um, so the the book that's kind of had people swinging is and Go missing. Down Swinging Part uh, Amazing Spider-Man for the last like handful of issues. I've talked about it a little bit on my buckshot rounds uh, in here for the last several weeks. Django, are you just slowly eating a donut and staring at me? God, that is... <laughs> I, th- I think about these moments when I'm going to bed at night. Yes, I am. It's haunting. <laughs> um, they've been teasing Norman Osborn getting the red lant or the red. <laughs> that would be a great arc too. It would. It would. Rage. Yeah, he'd take over. Um, no, Carnage is symbiote, and so man, Green Goblin is like my favorite Spider-Man villain. Carnage, one of my other favorite things ever, and it's Dan Slott's final arc on Amazing Spider-Man because I've been. Hmm. 
pretty excited to have a new Spider-Man writer for a long time. So this is something I've been really excited about. Um, but the first, like, these teasing portions of Norman becoming Carnage has, like, caused this book to sell out and people to buy a ton of copies if they're able to and for it to be going for a bunch online. So but we did all take this opportunity to read this issue, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not Django, because he is a Venom guy he, he and hates. he sort of draws a line in the yeah, sand against Carnage. I needed like... a point in the podcast to eat a donut yeah. and not have to talk. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Venom's cool and all, right? And but like he's the lethal protector, and then you got this like cool carnage guy who's just out to kill people and wreck shit. You know that's just kind of just a knockoff Venom. Yeah, like, Django's not into that at all. He, he doesn't like. I mean, I would say he stops at the shadow. That's the only hero he likes. That's obviously modeled after or st like stealing the identity yeah. of a different person, which is Venom, uh, Batman. the lethal protector. The, Batman. The Venom was based on the shadow, which was based on Batman. So Venom is essentially. Uh, Batman, vis-a-vis -vis Venom. Um, Jeff, can you tell me a little bit about your history with Carnage? Because we have kind of similar Spider-Man histories, but Carnage was not at all a part of my history. I never, he was not on the cartoon as far as I know. Uh, he was at the very end of the cartoon. Okay, so I didn't um, make it that far. And, yeah, I just remember the some of the first comics that I got were like Venom and Carnage comics. I remember, for some reason, me going, me being like, I knew Venom from the cartoon show, and I probably just learned about Carnage. My babysitter was really into car comics, um, and I went to the comic store in Spokane and asked for like a, a Venom comic, and they didn't have any, but he sold me this new Carnage issue called Carnage, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, hey, kid, we don't got any Venom. And I was How like Carnage? eight, maybe not even eight. Uh, it was fucking brutal like there was just like oh, man. pools like a giant pool of blood and like dead people he was like diving into in his house and yeah uh, that's our problem too many kids come in now with parents around so we can't, yeah, we can't <laughs> slip on this shit um but like i remember even in kindergarten i had a carnage action figure that i got from toys oh, r us wow. and i took it for show and tell and had an axe that you could like put on the hand so like i <laughs> i i love these guys from my whole life so oh, i man. that's why i'm particularly jacked on this and i love the green goblin i he's my Oh my God! I remember being, you know, ten or eleven or ten when Spider-Man first came out, the the live-action movie, and I remember seeing in a magazine a picture of the metallic Green Lantern or Green fucking Goblin costume, and being so angry that it didn't look like Halloween. <laughs> green there's no Goblin. purple. Yeah, there's yeah, no, purple. no purple. It's not a god. Oh, I. But Willem Dafoe. He's the my, the definitive like comic book stuff to me. So, this is this is very cool. I'm excited for this. How did you guys feel about this? Jumping in. I liked it. Well, I didn't jump in because I've been I've been reading Dan Slott's run all along um, for thirty two years. But, <laughs> but I really liked it, and, and yeah, I'm I'm I don't want Dan Slott to leave because I love his Spider-Man stories. But this is so cool. I mean, yeah, Norman Osborn. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. It's great to have him back. He's so creepy in this. Boy, there was some great. Um, I don't know if I should spoil them or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, moments with some long standing spider characters in here that both surprised me. Did you know? One, well, one with Mary Jane and one with uh, Ben Ben Urich's son, Phil Urich, who's oh, yeah. been a good goblin and a bad goblin. A little shit. Yep. And, and <laughs> man, so Norman had forgotten. Like, I think Mephisto or something had made it so people didn't know who mm. Spider Man was, but in this, yeah. Yeah, James ages revealed ago. that uh, Peter is. Spider-Man, so now Norman knows, and yeah. he's after Mary Jane, and damn! <laughs> yeah. 8.5. 8. Another 8.5 for me. Ocho and a half. I'm I'll, so jacked on it. I'll give it a, I'll give it a 7. 7.5. 7.5 what's? 
7.5 uh, nanite antipsychotics. Mm. How many ochos would you give it? 17 ochos. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll give it uh, seven comments on J. Jonah's blog. <laughs> 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 it was good. It felt very uh, quintessentially Dan Slot Spider-Man, and he's doing some cool stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. All right. Are we still doing the thing where we're, we're like, vocalizing, trying to come up with our segues? Yeah. I mean, we are now. I oh. mean, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's a pretty cool guy, right? Yeah. And when you throw something at him... He spins. And... Twirls. Dodges. Dodge cities. Bam! Bringing it around town. Brayden, did you read Dodge City Sorry, by, you're driving uh, this... Josh Trujillo? Astro Van. Cara uh, <laughs> McGee and uh, Brittany Pierre? He dodges whole cities? I sure did. It's about dodgeball. It's about this guy who uh, joins a dodgeball team and doesn't know how to play dodgeball. But what do you give it? I give it a, <laughs> <laughs> but a nine out of ten. It was pretty good. You really uh, a nine out of ten? Yeah, sure. Jesus, Braden. Listen, I'm I'm very uh, loosey goosey with my numbers. I, I like it. I'm really I take strict. a I take a very uh, concerted effort to read comics as subjectively as possible. I uh, have a lot of. Uh, a lot of the listeners, or at least a handful of them, have, have we've been emailed some Excel spreadsheets of our people and then the ratings for the books on mm. which podcast by week. So there's some really nice numbers going on out there. Um, thanks, everybody, for sending those in. It's awesome to get to see those. And absolutely, you are loose as a goose. Brady. Oh, yeah. That's how I like it. Um, so I don't know. This, this was cool. There's, there's this, uh, this guy joins... Uh, a dodgeball team called the Jazz Pandas, which is great. great. Name. <laughs> and they're like the worst team in their league or whenever. They're like 0 and 12 or something. <laughs> and they have like a couple star players, but they're not always around. It was, uh, I don't know, it's just a lot of cool characters playing dodgeball. It, there wasn't a lot of exposition or like too much build up. It just kind of threw you in there. We're playing dodgeball. And it's it was a great way to like kind of introduce all these characters without like feeling like, yeah presenting them to you like on a pedestal like a lot of comics will be like and here's this character now and this is what they're about was but, there uh even though it kind of did but was there an was alternate weird. dimension involved um was venom there mm, any costumes uh well this, she's got really. a star on her face that's kind, yeah, of, a that's kind of a costume yeah it's like you know there's uh uniforms do they have uh roller derby names no i mean <laughs> unless you count their team names I thought that like the the last third of it was better than the first two thirds. Yeah, the first the first couple thirds were a lot, and it was kind of fast paced and, and it, hard to follow. But yeah, and like I kind of just rolled with it. Yeah, the voices it, it all just sort of felt a little bit weird to me. Um, I uh, the characters didn't really start to feel genuine until I guess the end was. I had to live in their skin a little bit, but I, it, it planted some interesting hooks there. I liked it. We find at the very end, so he gets elected to be the team captain, and at the very end, we find out that they're also like the mo- the most notorious cheaters in the league. Yeah, it was a nice little twist at the end there. And he's like, "Well, now I'm the captain of this, and I don't know how to do this." Mm-hmm. And they're cheaters, but I I did love. It was like the most diverse cast of a book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a character in here. I I didn't read the book. I should have known this would be on the test. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely should have um, known. Braden <clears throat> sent out pamphlets. I probably mm-hmm. still wouldn't have read it because it doesn't look much like a Django book. And I think Jeff and I talked about why earlier. Well, Venom's not in it. It's the it's the hash marks on the cheeks to indicate blushing. 
that's that's a straight up no go for me. I mean, it's, it actually, it's also scuffing and dodgeballing. Do you feel like just blushing in general is a thing that you're not into? Because yeah. I can see that as an emotion you're not willing to get behind. Well, listen, I like to make people blush. I mm-hmm. don't like to blush personally. Mm-hmm. So you don't empathize with blushers. <clears throat> no, it, it, it or anime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that was exactly I, what I said. I was like, that's why you don't like anime. It's 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 not actually why, but it. Like that's that's just a, an aesthetic that doesn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Um, but flipping through this, I noticed that there's a character with a really short skirt. But instead of, of doing did, instead of doing the comic book thing where she's just got a really short skirt, she's wearing leggings under it, like like shorts. Uh-huh. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like to to have still be able to put that that costume on her, but not have it be creepy. Like you can see her black pants sticking out from under her skirt the whole time. I think that's that's not something that all comics would do. Yeah, that Thomas is really cool. Forward. I wish it wasn't uh, a thing that should stand out so much. Cause it shouldn't. Be, but, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it just it shows that this is not this isn't as leery as some comics can mm-hmm. get. Yeah. Although yeah. there is there is a butt. Well, yeah, the very first panel is a butt shot. Yeah, with a very, like, a, a hairy, hairy dude thigh. butt shot. Oh, we got that the, butt So it's still a butt shot. Yeah, there's some butt shots. That's good. I liked it. I'm, I'm down for pretty much any boombox book they put out. Uh, they're usually pretty cool, young adulty, teen drama-y. And I'm, I'm down. I eat that shit up, so I like it. Like Riverdale teen drama or mm. not not quite Riverdale. Less no lurid. one's sleeping Much with their teacher lurid. or anything, but Yeah. Oh, that would be a wonderful twist in this book. <clears throat> I certainly hope not. <laughs> I could use it to be a little bit more lurid. I give it uh six. Six point five. Six point five what's blush marks. <laughs> yeah. Blushy cheeks. It <clears throat> yeah. My complaints are not complaints, it's just not not for me. But I mean, I, th- I don't. I think it's definitely for somebody out there. I was like, Sam liked it. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a. And I didn't turn in my homework. Oh, I got an A, I. Brayden. I mean Django. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Brayden. You're great. Thank you, Django. <laughs> I, I'm a monster. I'm Every, a garbage human. I called you a garbage human to somebody while you weren't here today. Barely even a human. You're definitely a garbage human. I mean, that's sh- how humanoid. most people I talk to recognize it. Sub- oh, oh, the garbage. The human. Cajun stank. <laughs> <laughs> a garbage subhuman. I would not be a chud. Roman, did you like this book? I did like. Should. <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked if that. I didn't say it. Um, I did like this book. It was fun. I would give it a six point five. One of the things I really liked about it is that I could hear that distinctive slap of the, of the rubber balls and dodgeball when they slam into you. Mm. That twing. And I liked to hear it when he blocks it. He doesn't. He just holds up the ball and boom. I like that. It, it made me. It, block, it, it made me want to play dodgeball. We should have a dodgeball comics place team. It did not make me want to play dodgeball. It brought me right I, back to playing dodgeball in seventh grade. Not the way that like fence makes me want to fence. I mean, yeah, I didn't know that dodgeball was actually a competitive sport nowadays. Oh How yeah, it's very serious. Dodgeball. Oh, you. Can't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dodgeball tickets. It's dodgeball like uh, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady deflate. You know deflate what? Gate. It, okay. All right. Yeah. So we just talked about a comic having to do with dodgeball. Sure. That seems like the most counterintuitive thing for a comic nerd to want. Right? I mean, there's a lot of sports anime out there. Like I'm just saying, anime. like, the stereotypical comic nerd is also the, the person that got beat up in dodgeball. So this is like a topsy-turvy, wonky, everything's backwards and upside down comic, just like... 
Superman oh. number 42. That was starring I'm Bizarro. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't see what you were doing because I'm a slow boy. Oh. By, uh, what is it, Patrick Gleason? Is that mm-hmm. his name? And uh, Peter J. Tomasi with, oh, man. I, ca- I can't even do this. The, 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 the credits are Bizarro World. Oh, I love... The, Where? The, did you see, oh. actually see the credits, though? They are bizarre. Yeah, speakers, Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi. Vandal, Patrick Gleason. Um, Back actually, cover, Patrick Gleason and John Classy. Yeah, uh, in- Inker <clears throat> was Alejandro Sanchez. Same back cover, John Boy Myers. <laughs> Numberer, Rob Lee, which is probably I like I like the editors the most. They're the, uh, the censors. Yeah, the censors. <laughs> Hindering censor. <laughs> I didn't even see that when I read it. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, so this is, uh, man, the 42nd issue of this Superman book that I would say I've I've really, really enjoyed about 80% of it. This one is set, in the beginning at least, on the Bizarro planet. What's that planet called? Um, Bizarro World. Um, right? Yeah, but what also has, it's been called oh. that, and it's also in here refers to it as, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's Earth backwards. So hurrah. Right? Right? Yeah, I don't know how you say that. So there's this Bizarro world where Bizarro is hanging out, but he's also running around with Red Hood and the Outlaws? Is, is that the yeah, same Yeah, I don't know Bizarro? what's going on there. I'm just going to chalk that up to me not reading Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, because right. that's a smart Bizarro. This is not. It's not that smart. Yeah, this is traditional Bizarro. Um, so this this book uh-huh. is basically a backwards, screwy version of the first issue of Superman. Mm-hmm. A lot of the panels are direct rips from that first issue. Uh, except, except for the Bend is coming. Bend yeah. is coming splash page. Yeah, what, a, so, what a weird statement that felt to so write. Obnoxious. You know what you know the Bendis opportunity they coming. missed? The opportunity they missed with this issue, they should have had it say Bendis isn't coming. Bendis am going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Come on, DC. Yeah, but it was right before <clears throat> it was like a panel transition where it was like I'm Bizarro to Superman. Yeah, I, that actually confused me. Yeah, it was. I'm listen. I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that Ben is coming and he's going to be writing Superman. <laughs> he deserves this a good. Is, com- this was not the place or the book for that advertisement. I don't think. No. No. I agree. No, uh, I I would prefer if DC put all their stupid fucking house ads in the back, or if they just released Make a separate issue of just house ads, or just tagged yeah. him as NSFW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a. I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the art a lot, and the colors on this are amazing. This is the first time I think Gleason's done a uh, drawn a full issue for a while. He's been very spotty, which yeah bumps me out because I really, really like his art. And I think um, Bizarro has some amazing shots in this. Even like that first page, just yeah. Oh, the gosh. first uh, every one of the the big spreads is great. Mm-hmm. The interaction with uh, the Kents and Jonathan is really cool, um, and the the tag at the end like the cliffhanger i thought was just great like wonderful uh biz- kid kid bizarro breaking through john's window and shouting goodbye <laughs> that was yeah that's <clears throat> horrifying uh, i did have a really hard time understanding what was going on with bizarro's words yeah, which was, i guess that's the point i was reading it and like I got it. Like, I get the joke, and it's cool, but, like, it's taken me an extra second to read every line of dialogue. And, and it's, it's inconsistent. Mm-hmm, it that's, is a little bit. It's not is. always just, like, straight up opposite. Yeah. My problem with, like, I was excited to read this issue, and I, I enjoyed it, but I, I have the same complaint. Like, I just sort of glossed over a lot of that text and allowed myself to understand it. And I it's inconsistent across books. And mm-hmm. I feel uh-huh. like I just wasn't in the mood to want to crack the code, and I hate to be that guy, but... 
uh, I think after All-Star Superman's, like, two Bizarro issues, I feel like that was the best instance of Bizarro language being written, and everything else since mm. then just feels very, like, lazy. Uh, but, like, Grant Morrison did it. In like, a, they, like, they all write the dialogue and then put it through, like, a flip filter or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, Grant Morrison, like, did it on, like, a theoretical reversal level of everything. <laughs> and it it was more work, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the energy to do that issue or two today. But I just, yeah, I, I, I well done from a craft perspective. But I, I, it wasn't a gimmick I was biting today. I didn't notice this until just now. But the sound effects when uh, Bizarro Super Kid shoots his ice his his eye ice uh, boyzaro the boyzaro that's right boyzaro shoots his uh pet with ice beams and the sound effect is burn mm. and then they fall down to earth as ice cubes and the sound effect is land soft yeah <laughs> i like that that's um, uh that's my kind of gag yeah yeah are, are the uh are the kents a good uh christian church going family i would hope so are they because John Boy here says the, the Lord's, Lord's prayer. prayer before he goes to bed. John Boy, oh yeah, that's that's been happening. He Has prays it? before bed. Okay. John John Kent. Yeah. Right. Not not Bizarro John. Yeah. I. Yeah. I haven't kept. I up guess with we this just whole accept series, that. that. They 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 never show him in church or anything. Yeah, that did surprise me because, as far as I know, the Kents aren't. Clark and Lois aren't religious, religious that way. I'm. I don't think you can be as wholesome as them and not be written as Christians, right? Sure you can. Sure you can, yeah. You can These, be Amish. I'm as wholesome as them. I'm not Christian. Yeah, but you're not, <laughs> you're not you written. You are not as wholesome. Oh, that's not right. Like, wholesome, like they have to be caricatures. I write my of. scripts every morning when I get up. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I have a problem with it or not. I, it was just a weird <clears throat> thing to take up a whole page all of a sudden. It felt like, I think that that happened in the, beginning of the series like not going to church or anything but establishing them as like on the farm making sure that john does his chores and says his prayers before bed okay which you know fine whatever uh i would i'm gonna give this uh i'm gonna give this book an eight me i'm happy not Mm. reading watching i i fuck i don't know you do good work there but i don't know that's a haiku i haiku too Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me am give it, or would it be me am take it, negative eight, me hate it. Wow, that's our lowest score I think ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take that spreadsheet, kids. <laughs> I, no, I had a hard time in the beginning, too, figuring out, because it is, it is inconsistent. In fact, I started it and put it down and went back to it like that evening when I had more time to actually try and decipher it um i'll give i'll give it a 7.5 for reels wow Braytown. i give it an eight it was uh it was fine um i i, th- I think this is going to be uh tomasi and gleason's last arc on this book before bendis is coming um and that's a little bittersweet because I, li- I like them but they've been kind of hit or miss and Gleason always ha- hasn't always been drawing, and I don't think issues. I, I don't think he's. I think it's because he's been doing most of the writing. Yeah, well, sure, he's been co-writing. He started co-writing like halfway through or something, but I, I, I think I think I think he's been taking the bulk of the duties, mm-hmm. and I think Tomasi's been doing something else. And I think that's why. 
bulk of the duties. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I give it seven. The art, I mean, I love when he draws it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, you know, and I, yeah, he was listed as the primary credit, too. Uh, yeah, seven. Listen, I want to I wanna clap here. Oh. Do we get a number, Braden? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, speaking of... Do they all have to start with speaking of? I feel like that gives it away. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it does. All right. Uh, that was a weird comic that didn't make any goddamn sense for most of it. <laughs> oh, no, this is a horrible segue. <laughs> you know what else was a weird comic that didn't make any goddamn sense for most of it? I can't even read the fucking cover. What I know. Is it Stalker Prism or Prism Stalker? Prism Stalker. Yeah, whatever. Uh, by no. uh, Sloan. Sloan. You know, that's... Uh, Sloan Sloan? That's Russian for Sloan turtle. Sloan and Ariana Mar. Is it really? Sloan. Jeff no. loves turtles. Ariana Mar. They're my spirit animal. And Darius... Uh, Rucker. O? O-U? Did the, did the logo design. Ooh. Yeah, That's t- the guy take you it up, want to fight. Take it up with him if you can't read that. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Who can explain this book to me? Braden. People have been stuck on... Uh, yeah, Braden. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tribe or group or colony of, of human human people. Off to a great start making sense <laughs> of this. <laughs> <laughs> They're running around a big old organism, some kind of plant thing, collecting eggs for their... Hive master overlords, they're slaves or something, and then in return for their labor, they're provided shelter by these weird horse things. (laughs) 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 And then there's a dragon guy who uh, visits this planet to buy eggs to eat. It was. It sounds (laughs) like you're writing this. It was uh, that's 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 the most I got. There's a there's one particular human who uh, gets noticed because she saves someone else who's gonna fall or something, and they the way they harvest these eggs is that they like sing to these stems of like trees and stuff and like coax the eggs out. It's pretty weird, um, but pretty cool. I thought, um, yeah, she she gets she gets singled out. For her risk-taking behavior, and she's uh, this this dragon lizard chimera toothy motherfucker panther uh, like li- raises her up and's like, hey, I'm gonna send you to like the good place, and we're gonna provide for your family, and it's gonna be cool. And she's like, no, fuck that. And he's like, you don't have a choice. You're just like a slave thing or something. And he takes it. her away. Yeah. This this book is what I imagine Justin thinks about. All the time, like like oogie kind of sentient, slippery things. And so Justin, come back and prove us wrong. Just yeah. uh, come back and <laughs> come back and have a place to live and a job and come up here and you see that sphincter. Kill one of yeah, us. Oh and yeah, take our spots on the podcast. There are anuses and vaginas and penises all over this comic. Except um, not. I'll give it a second look. No, there are like like all these big strings of things coming out of the sky look like. The middle part of a dick. They look like roots. There's there's a bunch of things that like. <laughs> well, roots are, I mean, reproductive. Sure. I mean, what isn't? Exactly. Well, I mean, certainly roots are. Everything looks like a dick to me. <laughs> well, there's that too. Everything well, they, sounds well, they like sleep, a fart to me. Well, they sleep inside these things that kind of get they get in and it closes up like a like a 
vagina, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, like a what, Roman? You know. Okay. I've never heard you say that word. What word what? was that? Vagina? 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 <laughs> I said vagina. Oh, okay. In my head it was vagina. I don't know how it came out. Vagina. <laughs> Do we put Pachinko? A, uh, explicit SSW? lyrics on this? Sure. I said, we did sure. a spoiler warning. <laughs> I take it as explicit. I actually liked this. I hated the first half of it, and yeah, I it, couldn't figure out why I was still reading it, but by the end, I really liked the setup and how much confusing flavor it gave you before you got to the plot part of it. Yeah, it, I had no idea what was going on at the start, but I was like, there wasn't so much text or anything that I didn't feel like I was slogging through anything. Like It was just like, okay, this is weird. I don't know where they're at and what's happening. But I didn't read it, but it reminds me of the way Prophet looked and felt when it started. Yeah. Well, and it has a lot of, um, like, the, the, the creatures in it are really cool. They Like, the, the weird horse yeah. things that look like maybe they're made out of nipples that have been melted and bugs. Um, they look like, I imagined, a lot of the, the monsters from A Wrinkle in Time and The Wind in the Willows. What is the best temperature for melting flesh, and particularly nipples? you got to bring it to a boil real slow. That's Otherwise what I would imagine. It just, like chars. Exactly. Do we talk about liquid on the podcast at some liquid? point? Liquid. Like we don't have we don't have enough time to talk about my theory I don't of turning want to get wood into on my liquid. Tongue. Glass is a liquid. Yeah, but it's not wood. What if you could melt wood? This is a great idea. Let's talk about it later. Make sure you get those <laughs> TMs out there. Gosh. Liquid. No, I don't. TM. I don't want to. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give this a seven. I. I think I'm going to read the next issue unless it comes out on a really busy week. Yeah, I, I, I there's something about it. I, I don't know what it is. It's it's like seven Django's completely lost and just kind of wants his mom. Oh my god! Like, I I didn't like reading it, but I really liked where it left me. I kind of want to read it again now that I know a little more because like you learn more by by the end of it. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that illuminates anything that's going on in like that first third. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I would give it a, a seven point five. I I I enjoyed the weird ride, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I'd gi- I'd give it a six point five because yeah, it wasn't a slog. I didn't know what was happening, but I really liked the colors. Six point five based on the colors. Roman so Stadler. let's take a second. I feel like. It's been a weird couple of weeks, guys. It's been a couple of weeks since all of us were on the podcast together. I don't know that we can even be the regular members if it's so rare that the four of us are together. I missed you guys so much, and I don't want to be called a member ever again. Oh, my. We can't say duty. We can't say member. Like, What are you? You what, are too can't sensitive. Say? You can yeah. say duty. I'm just going to laugh every single time. <laughs> it is his duty. It's his... Uh, his... <laughs> <laughs> you can call me his member. No, wait. <laughs> Ro-member. Hello, Ro-member? <laughs> Rick Ro-member. Rick Ro-member. Okay, that's the buckshot intro. Okay. Oh, shit. Um, let me get my clock out. Oh, let me fix my, my leg. Who wants to go first? Who was up on first? Who's on first? Thank <laughs> 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 you, too. Third base. Go on. Third base. Roman, huh. you're fired. Damn. Uh, but before you go, <laughs> buckshot. I need 90 of your seconds, not starting until... Now. All right, Spider King number one. I love this. Uh, it's it's Vikings. It's Viking battles, but it's also got the science fiction elements. These spider aliens show up, start taking over. One of the cool things is that 
the main dude, he becomes the chief of these Vikings, is is a Viking loser. He's kind of dumb. He's ugly. He doesn't want to fight, but his dad gets killed, so he has to take over, and then aliens attack. Mm. Art was awesome. Um, Avengers 683, part nine of No Surrenders. This was cool because Mark Wade gets into some science here. Alfred, geez, Jarvis is dying because he has this alien pathogen in his head, and the beast and the second wasp figure out how to fight it. They bring Alfred, or God, they bring Jarvis <laughs> out of it, getting better, and Jarvis wakes up and tells them, don't trust, what's her name, Voyager, because she's never been an Avenger. She's not an Avenger. Jarvis has like, figured out she's a fake. So it's cool. We don't have to deal with her. Batman Shadow number six. This is just, I want to say this is really cool because there's a m- battle in the mindscape between the Shadow and Shuan Khan. Shuan Khan. Shuan Khan. Minecraft? Um, that's really awesome. It's beautifully drawn. It's just really cool. And what the whole time Batman and Rachel Ghoul and Robin are fighting on the physical plane. Um, should I do Highest House or are we going to do that for real? Do it. Do it. Right, go. Highest I, House. You, okay. Well, wait, no. I never heard an alarm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can I give you an extra 20 seconds for I'm going to give you an extra 20 seconds because I really want to hear about highest overtime house. oh yeah did anybody, else, did anybody else read it 20 nope. second no you're the only one Go. okay highest house this giant tabloid size book number one from IDW uh, Mike Carey is the writer which when I saw that I was like oh damn it um because Django and I aren't fans of hymns. But this was really good. It's a fantasy series, a beautiful artwork by Peter Gross. It starts off, um, this kid gets sold into slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan, but very good. <coughs> All right, Roman, yeah. give, us, give us some numbers. Highest House, I will give a 9.5. 9.5 yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to have to read this. It's very complex. Social hierarchy. So. Social hierarchies. Uh, Batman Shadow, I'll give a, God, in general, I would give this like a six for the issue, but the fight, I'll give a ten. What would you give the series? Because that's the last issue. Oh, it is the last issue. Um, I'd give the series uh, like a 7.5, whole I would, series. I would give that series a seven. Yeah. Uh, not nearly as good as uh, yeah, Batman no. Shadow. No, it's not. This is Shadow Batman. This, this issue, is Shadow Batman, yeah. the final battle between the two of them is awesome. The final battle was cool. The... I thought it was interesting that by the time it wrapped up, you were in a completely different world than Batman in the Shadow. So, mm. like, you thought this might be in canon? Nah, fuck you. It's definitely yeah. not. <laughs> it's definitely not in canon. Jay, yeah. Actually, if you could just continue this momentum. 90 seconds are yours now. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, so I've got uh, the fix number 11. This yeah. uh, It's been too long since I read the fix. I forgot who everybody is, but it really doesn't matter because they're all terrible people and doing horrible things. And the guy who's super sad about his friend being dead does a bunch of cocaine off the butt of a horse, which I love. There's Batman White Knight number six. Uh, this issue had a really cool car chase, some really sweet stuff with Gordon versus Batman in different Batmobiles. Uh, spoiler alert, at the very end, the Joker turns back into the Joker. That might, Fuck, be, a, that might be a scam. That was... Dude, spoilers. We said it. <laughs> we work here. Walking Dead 177. Um, this is another issue. Jeff told me there was a big old crazy thing that happened at the end, and it turns out that there's not really anything that cool that happened at the end. <laughs> <Got 'em>. Trick! <laughs> 
I was ready for Michonne's daughter to be dead or something by the end. I forgot I did that. That was pretty good. Uh, Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrow, number one. It's the first issue of the third series in the World of Black Hammer. It's good. It's also poking fun at Starman. And uh, the character who plays, who is Starman, is uh, Jimmy Robinson. So it's it's kind of a, a gag on the guy who wrote that book. Um, just more badass Jeff Lemire, um, you know, black black hammer shit. Uh, that's all I read. But I like the Batman Shadow too. How, how long do I have? <laughs> <clears throat> Bye. I never give a credit a score to. Uh, Walking Dead, I'm going to give a 7. Dr. Star, I'm going to give us an 8. Batman White Knight, I'm going to give a 7.5. And, and sorry for spoiling that. And the fix, I'm going to give a 7.5. <laughs> well, I'll take a look at the back of this book. Um. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, oh, no. That's not good. Wow, he is laughing like a crazy guy. Braden, do you want me to go or do you want to go? Uh, I want you to go. Okay. Well, in that case, you're in charge of this, and I don't really know what I'm... Go. Well, you better uh, go. Spider-Man 238, Bendis's run on Miles Morales is coming to an end. Uh, that's been pretty good so far. Um, <laughs> not world-ending, but pretty good stuff. Black Bolt number 11. Uh, gosh, this is the penultimate issue. Just wanted to say penultimate. Uh, gosh, Crusher Creel comes back. That's spoilers for you. Django, <laughs> tit for tat, my friend. Don't care. Uh, Wildstorm number 12. <laughs> I, this one really confirmed that I don't really know exactly where that book's going or where it's been for the last two issues, but I do really like the art, and I like how dense it is. I want to reread it. Guys, why I brought you here today is to talk about X-Men Red number two. Really? I had a blasty and a half reading this book. Um, I was very on the fence about Honey Badger last issue because that was really all I had read about her, and she just charmed the piss out of me in this issue. Loved that. Um, I don't know what it was. This was, I read this alone in in the shop on Wednesday morning while setting up because I had extra time because my buddies set up the books for me and uh, I just had a blast reading it. It was, a, a giant sentinel shows up at the mm. end. I fucking love a sentinel. God like a classic damn. purple on pink sentinel. Walking through a mall. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's great. So this isn't exactly what I want out of an X-Men book, but it's as close as we've come in a real fucking long time with uh, with comic books. Also, uh, where is Wolverine? He gets a page at the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is Tom Taylor, and Mahmoud Asrar is doing the art. It's not my favorite of his art, but it's pretty good. I think he's just worried about getting it out on time. So it's just a fun X-Men book, this issue? It's it's got some larger ramifications. This issue didn't die in, dive into like the overarching plot of like Cassandra Nova that was introduced into the first issue, but it talks about like the mutants have been taking refuge in Wakanda, which is awesome because both uh, T'Challa and Namor stood up in the UN and defended the the mutants um, as wanting to be represented in the UN, but not necessarily ha- having to live on a certain spot because they always get killed when they do. Yeah. And and it was uh, made clear that Namor had also offered that they could take sanctuary there, and I. I thought that was really cool, like establishing this sort of, just thinking about UN sessions with T'Challa and Namor also in there was. I, I Namor lo- said you can take refuge underwater. I think that's why they didn't go. Yeah. And I think they made a joke about it. <laughs> Good call. Um, but what, yeah, it's, what kind of numbers you got? Uh, Spider-Man 238, seven. Black Bolt number 11, eight. I think the next one's gonna be real good. Wildstorm number 12. 
seven. You're a great book, but uh, you're hard to read month to month. And then X-Men Red, number two, I'm going to give an 8.5. It was a lot of wow. just just felt good to read. Um, and I'm, I'm going to make sure I read the next one uh, in the morning before work on Wednesday. It's a very uh, cathartic time to read comics. Did the uh, Where in the World is... Carmen Logan San Diego. San Diego. Is, is that what pushed it up the extra half? Or <laughs> that part is that a real bad addition. To pulled all it the down Marvel from books. a nine. Got I him. think that they're going to try and republish all those as a single issue oh, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Bright Town, Sad Brad Smith. Are oh. you ready for this? Oh yeah. Go. I'm ready to play Sad Ballad. I read Hawkeye number sixteen, Iceman number eleven, and She Hulk number one sixty three. And you might wonder why I picked these three books. It's because they are all. Final issues on the same week. Whoa. And they're all new, diverse books that are all ending, and that really made me sad. And they were all really good, and I read them all and felt uh, a a whole mixture of emotions of of happiness and pride and anger and sadness. And (laughs) uh, it's it's upsetting how uh, all these books have only had about, like, a year or so in publication and they're getting the axe and I'm really bummed about it and I wish uh, Marvel would do better with stuff like that. I I think they've made some real mistakes and I think they can say that it's nothing to do with uh, the characters or the creators but when they end like a whole slew of books at the same time that are all have different non-white, non-male, non-straight creators. That's that's sending a message and that's uh that's pretty lame. But uh Hawkeye was hopeful they seemed to it said to look for her maybe again in August. There's going to be more. Um I doubt we're going to have more Iceman. I'm sure She-Hulk will pop up again sometime. She always comes back in some form or another. She's green again. Yeah. She's going to be in the new Avengers book. <clears throat> Okay. So Iceman feels to me like that could have been Cena's plan. Is it, is it Cena Grace still writing it? Mm-hmm. He talked about it, and this was the logical end to like this story that had it had more viewership or readership would have expanded. Yeah, he has a letter at the end. How okay. He, like he even says, like he didn't have time to get Iceman into a, a loving, caring relationship, but he opted to write him off as like a, another thing you don't see in mainstream hero comics as a an LGBT plus person happy being single. Right. Mm-hmm. Which right. I thought he ended that well with him. And I thought this series, like what really turned me off about like the first arc or so was the art was kind of uh, a bit much for me. I didn't really care for it, but I think it's, it's, it's a different artist, at least on this issue, that I liked a lot more. And it's got some really good flashbacks. To like old Iceman stuff. Mm-hmm. I do think it really sucks that all of those were canceled, and I think that <clears throat> I just more thought, than yeah. anything, it's pretty sucky that it all happened on the same week. Yeah, like I mean, there's there's more books than just these three, but like the fact that all like three of them came out in one week was just like oof. In yeah. the last year, the, like <clears throat> in, hearing them talk at a thing last year, then hearing them talk this year, like they've gotten a huge number of complaints about the number of books, and so I bet that they canceled things. They probably did it pretty strictly by the numbers, and these probably unfortunately fall under that also though it sucks that i mean it sucks that it happened it sucks that it happened all in the same week but like that's just like classic marvel is like as soon as i really like a marvel book like don't move don't breathe or else they'll know and they'll cancel it like that's how we felt orders about (laughs) ultimates for like eight months Mm -hmm. we're just like Mm -hmm. this book 
and like you know, I heard people talk about Power Man and Iron Fist that way, and yeah, the Unstoppable um, Wasp. Yeah, like the Hellcat. It, it does suck, but okay. But here's like sixteen issues. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Um, like like how long? Is, Iceman made it eleven. Eleven, like a twelve issue run, like you know, like the Vision. Or like Mr. Miracle, these are all twelve issue stories. Like you can you can still do a lot in that, and they mm-hmm. I think they probably told some some good stories. It sucks that it's over, but it's not like it got canceled after like five issues, or at least they gave it the green light for those. Whereas like Iron Fist and some other ones were, well I guess Iron Fist is still coming out, but there's some pretty embarrassing little like five issue things that have happened in the last two years. In the end of those books, it all kind of I don't know makes me makes me think of the falls of oh comics. Sure. Um, I think we're doing Batman. Batman. Damn it, I thought we were doing Gideon's Falls. That was a really <laughs> fucking killer segue. I mean, should we do Damn Gideon it. Falls? Well, now. Yeah, now we kind of, yeah, okay, yeah. Falls yeah. <laughs> comics. Um, I had the interesting... Uh, I've been around Django, and we've been talking about this book a lot lately, and we've been talking about it to customers a lot lately, and it deals with two separate aspects uh, in this story. And one I focused on more, and hearing him talk about it to people, he always pitched the half of the story that I didn't focus as much on, and I thought that was really interesting. Which which half did you focus on? Which would you, uh, you, you got to guess. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I guess priest and crazy guy. Yeah, I, okay. yeah. I, he I pointed to Django and said yes. priest, and pointed to me and Podcast. said crazy guy. Uh. <laughs> and you know, looking at this. It's mostly crazy guy with a little bit of priest it is, yeah. Yeah. peppered in, but it's also like I think that the thing that slowed me down on on the guy was the silence of his scenes, and I did hmm. not read this comic slow, so like I blasted through all the shit that was going on, and, and looking at it right this minute, there's there's some really, really well done paneling and pretty artwork and very moody slow storytelling going on there that I just wasted. Um, also, the priest thing scared the shit out of me. <laughs> unfortunately, um, I like this book a lot, but I would say, unfortunately, it doesn't stand out a ton from things that have existed before it. It has mm-hmm. overtones of Outcast with mm-hmm. the priest stuff. It has overtones of some of Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight stuff. Um, and just some of his other work. So I do think it's really good. The art is gorgeous. This is also like a new, a newish style for Andrea Sorrentino. Like I I didn't even know it was Andrea. And it's like there is yeah, it's it's very cool and unique to their style. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I liked it, and I want to keep reading it. It is not the most unique story, but yet. Yeah, and I and I, he's got a long write-up in it. And if you can give me a three-page essay in the back of a book that you're starting because you care about it and you're talking about how you've gestated the story and what it means to you, like that's going to make me care more. That's one of the things that Scott Snyder can always sell me on his writing because he always gives me a thing in the back that like makes me care because it shows that he cares. There's a lot of really uncomfortable symmetry and like upside-down mm-hmm. is right-side-up and... Uh, just a lot of acting in the character faces and, and body language in here. The, I guess from an artwork perspective, the part of it that kind of 
bugs me is that it looks like um, who who did Daredevil for Maliv? so long? It looks Frank like Miller. it looks like Maliv after I realized that Maliv was just photocopying pictures. Sometimes pictures he of his doesn't. Friends. He doesn't always do that. Sometimes it's all from his hand and it looks great. Yeah, and that's that's fine. But some of these faces just look like too too traced for me, and I prefer Andrea Sorrentino's art when it's a little less cohesive and a little bit more jarring yeah he does he has some pretty avant-garde stuff i didn't really notice the tracing aspects in this one but i'll look for it that's why i responded that way about alex Maliev is you took away my I'm sorry i ruined i haven't it. been able to go back and look at his art because i'm afraid that i'm going to feel like it's all photo tracing now. <laughs> this is this is this is much better than that and a lot more subtle than that but there are just a few panels in here i'm like that's overwork that a little more please yeah. uh my boys what do you think my boys i thought it was uh wonderful I thought it was quite good, but it didn't really make me care about it too much. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some curiosity there, and but I, I don't, I don't really care about either of these main characters. Um, what about the dead priest? I like him a lot, um, <laughs> just because he's so dead. goofy and spooky looking. Whoa. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like. I don't care for a lot of the like smaller panel art in this, but I like I really love the big stuff like the the dead priest showing up and like the black barn and and like the totally three sixty shot yeah 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 mm-hmm. that that stuff I, I I really enjoy but the rest it was kind of just I felt like I was just kind of working through it yeah like, it's so cinematic like the the part with after you hang out with the guy in his apartment. And you turn the page, and it's just like Gideon Falls. Have you met my friend Jonathan Hickman? Yeah, yeah. And but but then you turn the page again, and you hear the wheels on the pavement and the corn rustling and whatever sound it makes when you look in a rearview mirror and see road behind you. Oh, I really think I that, like that. Yeah, I do too. But I, I really think that Jonathan Hickman was one of the people that really defended the double page oh, yeah. title spread yeah. in a book like he's yeah. just like i don't fucking like you i don't care about your page count i don't yeah. if you need to pay whatever to do this i don't care but black money murders has a four pages of title page per issue listen dc if you need to take out a bendis is coming ad <laughs> throw that away so i can do a two-page title spread you're gonna do it because i'm jonathan mf and hickman <laughs> And they really missed the opportunity to affix a piece of tissue to the back of all those issues. Oh. <laughs> so I give this book um, an amount of... I, I like your spunk, Jeff. <laughs> eight. I give it eight. I give it eight. Um, it's not the most unique, but it's done really, really well, and I hope it goes in a unique direction. I hope that it um, pretty quickly starts to feel different from Outcast. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give it that extra half because the cover looks like our Moonbase logo. Mm. It's not what I was pointing Whoa. out. But. Have you guys been to our store, Moonbase Games and Comics in Fairhaven? Fairhaven, Washington. Mm-hmm. Play some Pokemon with me. Yeah. You can, you can tickle Braden on Sundays. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> you can you can see Braden on Sundays. That's, that's better. He's not ticklish. <laughs> don't touch me. You can try all day. <laughs> What do you guys got? Uh, uh, seven and a half. I, I thought it was a very, very good comic. I, I uh, like Dodge City. Wasn't for you. I'm not sure it's for me. Yeah, I will. I will read anything that Jeff Lemire does as long as it's not 
the extreme X-Men or whatever the fuck he did. did you, extraordinary. Did you read his Green Arrow? Extremely extraordinary. No, but that was with Andrew Sorrentino also. Oh, yeah, he mentions that in here, yeah. which I, I feel like I should probably make a checklist and start collecting those issues pretty soon. Yeah, this, this issue made I mean, me I think I should borrow read those. Them, so. I, anybody might want to borrow them. I, I could be sabotaged with a, hey, can I borrow those issues any minute? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start slowly asking to borrow series from him and then just not returning them and trying to, like... <laughs> progressively dismantle his collections. So he's like, I have those, but I don't know if I have them anymore, actually. Start with Batmite and Bizarro from the New 52, because I'm got i going to get rid of those anyway. Oh, okay. I remember how excited you were about those. Batmite? No, no, is he no. related to... Is he related to however many points Roman's going to give this book? <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> I'll give it eight uh, flattened room upside down mite points. There you go. Uh, you know, speaking of <laughs> points, we're going to give this book we a good amount of points here. as well. We oh, oh are we still of jumping okay. the gun? I forgot there was another book. I know a guy that hates guns. Oh, I just almost said I had this urge to throw my chair aside for some reason. I was like, that was well done. Because you hate guns so much. Good thing I stifled it, boys. Stifle, Edith. Just like, just like. Poison Ivy has stifled like all descent. Through the hourglass, <laughs> here we are, brought to talk about our final book, Batman 42. Um, Batman Hunted by the Justice League. I like this. By uh... Tom King and Mikhail Janin. <laughs> if you remember last issue, Jeff wasn't entirely sold on it. Sell us, Jeff. I don't think <laughs> that I am particularly moved by. I think that it feels enough like Batman White Knight with um, Poison Ivy mind-controlling everybody. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, is coming out at a similar time as the Harley Quinn using Sandman to control everybody. Clayface. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Clayman. Thank, you know, Sandface. Sand, but there's also, he's using Mad Hatter's <laughs> card in Clayface's brain, disseminated through it. It's just a similar thing. I don't know. It. Um, it's... It's not the lack of relationship stuff that's making me not super over the moon about it. It's just that it, unfortunately, is coming around. I also don't love mind control stories. I'm paranoid. I feel like everyone's against me all the time as it is. But this mm-hmm. full-page shot Ooh. that probably happens right about the same point in the book that that Poison IV full-head shot in the last issue came out. Oh, yeah. I bet it's the same page number. But his whole broken face because he got punched by Superman is amazing and i'm eternally fascinated by what material his hood is made out of eternally frustrated by batman's master plans always hinging on him needing like reconstructive surgery like like, there's got to be a better way batman he's a bat masochist Mm. that's clear um all right jeff all right i read comics and they go in one eye and out the other sure uh I didn't even put together that this was the same storyline as... It's not, but I mean... No, it's like, it's a major plot point in both books, and you're totally right. I just didn't notice or care, Uh, and I think it's because I really like the way this one is being told. The other one, I thought was kind of dumb when I read it, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was kind of a cheat that they could only really get away with because it was in an an alternate reality and, and kind of... Yeah, um, I don't. I don't usually love the idea of somebody who's able to multitask enough to keep an entire planet yeah. alive. Like that's 
silly to me. I, it's it's too much work. I can't. Yeah. At the same time, every aspect of this book, except that, is again my favorite comic. It's that's very, coming out. very, like, very, very good. Even him getting getting Ivy to use Superman to punch him, so that he'll end up getting uh, help from uh, Harley Quinn. That's a fucking sweet master plan. It's, why, it's how, so over the top. Is, I'm, I'm not sure why he needs Harley yeah, Quinn. Uh, tune in next week. Same bat time. Yeah, but what? <laughs> that was his plan. Yeah. This is exactly what what I expected. Right. Pudding. Yeah, because she's a brilliant psychologist. Maybe she's too crazy for Ivy to be controlling her. Maybe. You know, maybe maybe he, she's going to team up with Batman. Well, no, Whatever she's still it is. controlled by Ivy. Is she? She's still is got she? green text. No, you're right. Oh, but sure. her eyes green. But maybe Ivy. Maybe it's a weak <clears throat> point for Ivy because they used to have a relationship that was always implied. BFFs. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, I. <sighs> her eyes are definitely blue on that last panel, and everyone else has had green eyes. Did you guys notice the recurring character in here? The poison ivy. The the dude behind <laughs> the bat burger. Yeah. He's the guy who had the the full page, the full splash page in the issue where all the. <laughs> Batman and all the Robins had lunch at Batburger. Oh. And that stresses me out because now I'm just like, these guys better all not remember. Like, mm-hmm. mind control. Like, if it's hmm. like the, the symbiote, the symbiote retains the memories. Like, th- this is, now everybody knows that Bruce is Batman. This is a big concern. I it's, don't... Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a bummer if if this does or doesn't have far-reaching effects for the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just get Mephisto to... You undo that stuff, yeah. but, but you have to go talk to Mephisto. And you have to get over to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, exactly. And that's always a pain. The, everything about this issue, except for the, the Poison Ivy controlling everybody, I thought was awesome. I, I guess I would have... I would give this issue a 10 if she was controlling one town and had figured <laughs> out how to isolate the town rather mm. than the entire planet, including all the flashes. Yeah, fuck it. Take the whole planet. Yeah, because like, why hasn't Swamp Thing shown up and stopped her? You know what? You guys are right. 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there is there's nothing to complain about except comics. Yeah. <laughs> like this is over the top insane bullshit and that's feel, why I'm reading it. Yeah. I didn't know Wonder Woman could fly. Nine very good comics. Django, quit looking at me like I am I'm about not, to get fired. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not judging you at all. I was just thinking like if this exact comic was about dodgeball, I would give it an eight and a half or a nine. Like it's, get that plot worked out in my head. It, it's just like this is a thing that I don't care for, layered on a thing that I really like. And the the plot of this with Ivy taking over everything is something that turns you off. That's, it doesn't. It doesn't turn me off. It just doesn't excite me. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, it's the same thing. It doesn't ra- rev the engine for me. This upside down shot of him when held right side up looks. Even better. Uh, he, Batman got, got a punched smile so bad. Face. I thought that was the end of the issue. He's a walking dead I Batman. I almost applauded alone in my bed. I like that that kind of subtlety <laughs> that implying that uh, Poison Ivy can control all these superheroes, but she does not have their like level of finesse and like doesn't know. Yeah. She's not as skilled and trained in there. So Catwoman can punch out three flashes in mm-hmm. a row. <laughs> and she doesn't know how to hold back when Superman... Yeah, and she's... Yeah, that was... Awesome. Punches him in the She's face. freaked out that she punched yeah. Bruce in the face too, which I thought was really cool. Brayden, I mean, I was gonna give it a nine, but I'll, I'll go with a ten. Oh, oh, oh. Like, 
It was great. Listen, for a guy who doesn't always want to talk about Batman yet again, <laughs> we give this book a lot of high marks. Yeah, it's uh, this is a good arc. I'm, I'm digging it. Romy? Oh, man, I feel the peer pressure now. I was going to give it like a 9.5. I'll give it a 10. <laughs> oh, no. Imagine how I fucking feel over here at Captain 9, the guy who hates yeah. Batman and Tom King's run because he's too disappointing. <laughs> See, I like this issue more than the previous issue. I did too. I, I like this one a lot more than the previous I guess one. I could give it a 9.9 .9 for the War for of Jokes and Riddle reference because uh, I didn't read it and I didn't care about that reference. Oh, where she was forced to kill a bunch of people. Yeah. That almost felt to me like Tom King realized he kind of fucked up with the War of Jokes and Riddles <laughs> and had to... Remember I did this? It was important. Do remember. <laughs> I'm sorry that, that I made her do this thing that I wouldn't have if I thought about doing this story before that. Yeah. Hopefully. Send us a Facebook. Send us a, I don't know, just just tell us. I don't even know if anybody Take us on Instagram. Other than the ones of us who aren't on it on a week. Yeah. I, There's no way to know. Except for we do, because some of you tell yeah. us, and that is awesome. Yeah, Phil like Phil Satile. James Marshall. I'm looking at you, Jim Marshall. Jay Christensen. Jay Christensen. Sean Raymond. Sean Raymond. Shayla Jones. Shayla Jones. Ashton Lucaris. Mm. Justin Kassaw? Eh, listen, Justin, Justin? Call us. Tell Kassaw? us if you listen to this. Dude, Justin, if you're listening, you better call us. <laughs> what if he doesn't? That just means that he's either not listening or I think his phone broke. Is nervous. You think didn't you talk Roman was talking to him today? I'm gonna if he doesn't call us, I'm gonna pretend his phone broke so that I don't feel sad. He's gonna be here from the third to the sixth, everybody. He's gonna be working for Comic Book Day. Oh, oh yeah. my God! Sweet. We're wearing our new shirts. May. Free Justin Book Day. Yeah, we have some very fucking exciting new shirts coming. Listen in the pipe. Uh, listen, we got some new pipe shirts. Uh, I don't know. I'm just talking now. Just, just kind of. I do. love it, Django. Do you guys thank know? God you're back. I did want to mention this to you, Jeff. Um, we got bagels and locks. We got bagels and locks. A bagel that's a donut dipped no, in cement. No, we got delicious, no, no, delicious, no, and kosher no, champagne. No, the kosher no, champagne no, is no, two no, cents plain. Pastrami, salami, matzahs, and jam. Your partner, the express. Are you we got the winter ham, soldier? <laughs> yes, at, we ain't got bananas. I'm very good at detecting a chant early on. <laughs> oh, uh, God. I'm Jeff, and I've got to clean up the, the little bits of brain matter that oozed out of my ears as you did that. I'm just going to look at Brayden until he does it. Yep. I'm Brayden, and I, I don't know what to say. I haven't heard enough of what you guys said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Roman. I just feel really bad. I don't have a chant. I'm Django. No chance in hell. <laughs> 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 <laughs>